In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, how to implement the cybersecurity framework from NIST. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be exploring how to implement the cybersecurity framework from NIST. Joining me t- today to help answer that question is Rick Tracy, CSO at Telos. Rick, how are you? I'm great, Timothy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I kind of want to get to, because we I don't think we've ever necessarily covered NIST. Um, I do hear, I've heard a lot in my career. Um, so when we were implementing frameworks or, or, you know, our cybersecurity program was, oh, well, we're implementing NIST. Was that really just the cybersecurity framework or is the cybersecurity framework something new? Or I guess um, I, I just want to kind of clear that up for me personally right off the bat. Yeah. So, uh, well, NIST is a, is an agency, right, within the Department of Commerce, and they're in the they they have a, a, a they have labs, and they're they're in, the, you know, to to net it out, they're in the business of measuring things, right? And so, one of the many many things that NIST does uh, is uh, develop frameworks and standards or control frameworks, if you will, for the purpose of managing and measuring cyber risk and compliance. So um, one of the things, uh, NIST has been at this for a long time, uh, and, but uh, what happened with the executive order uh, from President Obama in, in 2013 for critical infrastructure protection, um, it mandated the creation of a framework for critical infrastructure sectors to use to better secure their cybersecurity. Um and so a year later, the, the, so NIST was now had a mandate. They had to go away and they had to create this framework for the critical infrastructure sectors. And so in February 2014, they released what is known now as the NIST Cybersecurity Framework. Um, and so it, uh, th- that's that's the the basic history. NIST, what NIST is, at, what they do in, at a high level. My interest in NIST has really more to do with how they help organizations measure cyber risk and compliance, and the NIST. Cybersecurity framework is one of the many tools that they've uh, developed for that purpose. Okay, so is it is it specifically then focused on critical infrastructure? The cybersecurity framework, the original target audience was uh, was uh, uh, critical infrastructure. However, as NIST began to promote the, this framework and word got out about the, the the structure and the usability of the framework. Interest beyond the, the the critical infrastructure sectors, of which there are 16 or so in the U.S., uh, many industries uh, across the United States began to uh, develop interest in this thing called the cybersecurity framework. And uh, what I should point out, and so and it, it's all it was all intended to be voluntary. There, it wasn't intended to be a government cram down about businesses should manage their cyber risk and such. And so it was all intended to be voluntary, and it still is for other than federal agencies. And this year, on May 11th of this year, there was another executive order signed by uh, President Trump that mandated the use of the cybersecurity framework by all federal agencies. And so uh, federal agencies have to use it. Uh, Critical infrastructure sectors are encouraged to use it. Anybody who, uh, any industry within the U.S. or so uh, has the ability to use it. It's very leverageable. And, and in fact, many outside of critical infrastructure are interested in this framework. And I'll even say this, that uh, other countries have uh, 
have expressed interest and are 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 building their cyber secure national cybersecurity uh, processes around this uh, NIST cybersecurity framework um, uh, uh, methodology. Excellent. That's that's a really good in, uh, explanation of all that. Um, so why is it important? Well, well, it, the importance really it depends on where you sit. Uh, but let, let's just uh, let's just think about all of the all of the headlines, uh, breach headlines that we read about every single week. Right? It's becoming increasingly important for every organization that has anything that they feel is important to protect to manage their cyber risk uh, posture. Uh, so you, it's it's really important for organizations to do this to protect their the, their data and their systems and such. And, it, and depending on the business, it could be personal identifiable information. It can be intellectual property, and so so it really depends on the on the industry that you're talking about. And it's really important internally for organizations to protect their stuff. But beyond that. There's a. It's really important these days for organizations to also demonstrate a standard of due care, and by adopting something that's as widely recognized as the NIST cybersecurity framework, if there's ever an issue where you um, you experience a breach, and uh, there's some uh, some legal action taken against your company. If you're able to hold up something like the cybersecurity framework and say, here are all of the things that we did, all, all of the work that was done to, uh, to, uh, to lock down our systems based on these industry best practices, standards, frameworks, and such, it's really important for you to, to do that for um, to, to demonstrate a standard of due care. So uh, the, the, the importance is, is really all over, all over the map when you think about it. It's not just protecting your your stuff from hackers, but it's also protecting yourself from um, from liability uh, to de- by demonstrating that you weren't negligent. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's good. So, what are the components of the cybersecurity framework? So, this is kind of you know we've, we've kind of talked about it, its formation, but digging into it a little bit. The the components of the of the cybersecurity framework. Uh, one of the one of the important things to mention is this is this thing called the core, which is a construct that allows you to understand uh, uh, cyber risk objectives and outcomes based on five functional areas. Identify, protect, detect, respond, recover. Those five functions then are broken down into categories of which there are 22 that allow you to to understand the identify function in a little bit more granularity. And then to the right of that, uh, so to speak, each of those categories have subcategories that provide even an, an, an additional granular level of detail. And those subcategories then point to very specific security controls. And the reason that this is important, Timothy, is that it allows an organization to have a conversation around the five functions for the board, it, or it allows you to have a, a cybersecurity discussion uh, around the categories, which is a little bit more granular, and so on, so that you you effectively have the ability to have a meaningful cyber risk management discussion across your organization from the server room, where you're talking about detailed security controls, to the boardroom, where you're talking at the high level, five functional areas, and all of this stuff uh, links together through this construct that the that the 
uh, the CSF regards as the core. So that's one really important thing because it helps you communicate cyber risk management um, objectives and outcomes throughout an organization. The other thing that the, that the, that the framework suggests is a seven-step gap assessment process that an organization that doesn't have, uh, they're not mature enough to have to have their own way of doing business within their organization, the, the framework uh, suggests one that you can modify and tailor uh, based on your needs. And so uh, those are two really important things uh, about the framework. It, it, it provides you a construct and it suggests a, a, a process and it, there's all of this really valuable mapping to um, from subcategories that I that I mentioned to different uh, 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 security control frameworks to include NIST's own 853 or ISO 27001. It it, uh, it it basically ties all of these things together so that an organization can manage cyber risks in a way that's that's meaningful to them. That sounds like a lot of work. Uh, well, uh, it, I guess it could be, but but the, the, the term framework is intended to suggest you use what's beneficial or meaningful to you, right? So right. you could, as an organization, say, uh, I'm not far enough along to really explore controls or even the hundred subcategories I just want to I just want to understand how I stack up against the 22 categories and have that and have that allow me to have a discussion around the 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 five functional areas. And over time as you become comfortable with that level of detail, you can begin to explore the more granular uh uh view of of um the subcategories, and maybe even taking it as far as controls if you choose to do so. So the, the beauty of the framework is you can use it how, how you like, and you can use as much of it or as little bit or as little of it as you want and expand, use more of it over time if you choose to do so. So your, your point, when you, when, you, when you try to boil the ocean and you, and, and you suggest adopting all of it at once, I can see how someone might think that it sounds a bit overwhelming. My suggestion is if that's how you feel, start start uh, uh, at the high level and expand it over time as as you're comfortable doing it. So, so yeah, kind of being practical, like what applies to us and then kind of just allowing it to mature, grow from there. Right. Yeah, I can definitely see that because, yeah, I, I think sometimes when you look at some of these frameworks, it's like you, you get – and I don't know how big it is, but you've already thrown out like 22, <laughs> you know, things and, and two in the core and, a, you know, all this. So it, I, I feel like it can be a little bit overwhelming for people initially, but also if you just take a practical approach, okay, okay, this, you know, is, is the, is going to really, you know, give us the most bang for our buck. Right. Right. And, and what, and once you feel like you've, um, you've conquered those, th those areas, right. you feel comfortable with where you sit, you can add more. Uh, you can look at things that, uh, so, so let, let's say there are 22 uh, categories, 10 of them you, you, are, you, you feel are critical to your business. We're going to focus on those 10 right now. And over time, you can add, you can, you can choose to include more categories, 
or and or you can choose to become more granular in how you how you assess yourself against each of those categories, right? Because the subcategories allow you to drill into more detail, uh, uh, being very much more specific about access control, as an example, right? You know, there are a lot of there are a lot of elements to access control, and so this, you know, the the, the framework allows you to um, build additional uh, capability uh, using the framework over time. Gotcha. So, so who should be implementing the CSF then? Um, uh, everyone, right? Because everyone who feels like their, their business has value because um, absent some, some uh, uh, cyber uh, risk management process, and you taking taking that responsibility seriously, theoretically, there's damage that or harm that can come to your business if you don't if you don't manage cyber risk properly. So anybody who has a business that uh, and and everybody's connected in some way to the to the internet or networking of some sort, right? So it's almost like any that that almost that 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 uh, caveat doesn't doesn't apply because everyone is and so th- therefore if your business has things that you feel are valuable data contacts PII uh, which depending on the industry credit card information um, there's a there's a there's a need for everyone to in, engage a process like the cybersecurity framework at some level and again the, the, the framework allows the uh, the size of the organization to use as much or as little of the framework as possible. So small companies uh, can use the framework that in, in a way that meets their needs. So uh, it, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm too small, the framework is too heavy for what I need. It could be if you decide to use all of it, I mean, right. at the gate, but you, you don't have to do that. So, so I'm guessing there's not really any requirements that that you know someone needs or an organization needs before they get started. It's just go start looking at it and and figuring out what what works best for your organization. Yeah, well, the the, the document is the CSF uh, document is is not thick. Uh, there's there's uh, the probably 25 or 30 pages of content that it's easy to read. It's easy to understand. And just from the document, you can begin to understand the the the, the things that you should do. Uh, as an example, I would say uh, you should probably look at what what what's the what's the mission of your of your business? What type of information do you handle? Um, what systems are critical to the operation of your business? Understand things like that. And then once you've once you've sort of got your arms around those sort of basic questions about your business, you can begin to look at the, as I mentioned before, the 22 categories and say, this one is really important to me. If I if I don't have a if I don't have um, a disaster recovery system every minute that my system is down because of a denial of service attack, I'm losing revenue. So uh uh, uh, the the category um, uh, that pertains to disaster recovery and business continuity, you know, a, a, a company that does a, a online retail would say that, that one's like really important to me. And so that sort of thought process, depending on the business you're in, look at the 22 subcategories to determine 
which of those are life or death? And then you assess yourself to, to see, are, are we doing things that enable uh, that particular subcategory within our business? And if the answer is you're not, then you need to have some plan for remediating uh, that, that shortcoming. And so that, that could be a, a starting point. And one, it's almost like once you get into it and you begin to understand the process, which truthfully, is, it's, it's not rocket science, right? It's very intuitive. And it's, it, once you sit down and think about it, it's, it, 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 all of it makes perfect sense. But once you, once you start engaging at, in, a, in that sort of a manner, you can easily begin to understand how to expand your scope and your view of, of, uh, of your environment to do to us to to identify more things that are important to your business uh, and assess to make sure that you're achieving the things that are important to your business. So who's who's going to like drive implementation within the organization? Uh, well, here well, I, as a chief security officer for Telos, it, it, that's my job, right? So here at, at my company, it's my job, but I also work with internal audit, who's really uh, involved in, in the process. Um, and I work uh, frequently with our general counsel for to make sure that regulatory requirements are captured as part of as, enrolled into the into the process so that they fit under the umbrella of the cybersecurity framework. Um, and then, of course, for the purposes of it, deploying it and making a decision to move forward, it's, it, you know, it's me working with uh, internal audit and general counsel. But then in order to do a lot of the assessment and gather the artifacts you need to determine whether you're, you're achieving some of these objectives or not, uh, you need to work with the CISO in the IT group, the CIO, various people people within the organization who help who who are responsible for managing uh, data and and, um, sec- and and physical security practices and process badging in and out cameras and things of that nature, right? So there's a lot of people that participate in the process, but the decision to deploy it, at least in my company, is uh, with me. So yeah, so so kind of like an executive management levels is is the driving factor. I, I just feel like, um, you know, I have a lot of like newer people in the information security listening to this podcast, and you know, I know when I was younger, this would be something like, hey, I want to try to go do this, but it, mm-hmm. it, that might it sounds like that might be a little bit more difficult. Uh, well, the well the reason. I don't know if it'd be more difficult or not, but I, I think the reason that it's important to be at, at higher levels of the organization is it shows a commitment to, to um, mm. cyber risk management practices, right? We are going to hold ourselves to these standards if there's a governance sort of a mentality. But in order for you to achieve the goals uh, that you uh, establish for the organization, it requires a lot of a lot of different people to participate because you know, I I can't and I can't validate that certain things are in place by myself. I need to ask someone. Yes, we do, or no, we don't. And oh, by the way, can you provide me some artifact or some evidence that helps me understand that we actually do and 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 what it looks like? You know, the what the what the successful outcome looks like. You know, uh, uh, password strength, right? You, you I, I, we we want to know that we have strong. Uh, uh, access control or, or user authentication. 
So do we have multi-factor authentication in, in place on certain systems? Yes, we do. Some artifact that helps me uh, demonstrate. Now, it's not just a yes or no, but it's I, I need to get that that I need to get the answer, but I also need to have something that helps me that helps prove to myself that I feel good about the answer. So in order to do that, you, de depending on what the subcategory is or the category or the, or the control, depending on where in this CSF core you're operating, you, you need to deal with the expert within the organization, whether it's physical security, um, IT security, or whatever, right? You need to be dealing with the people who have access to the information so that you can determine whether you're you're achieving the objective or not. So, so it kind of sounds like you have to have good relationships and, and business buy-in to, you know, get this implemented in an effective manner. Oh, yeah, you definitely do. And and, and let me say this, Timothy. I think that the, uh, the the framework itself helps build those relationships. And the reason for that is the 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 core that allows people to understand what's being said in language that they understand. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the board, so I need to talk in terms of these five functions. Or I'm talking to a business unit manager, I, need, I, I can be more specific and I can talk in terms of these 22 categories and so forth. The, uh, the construct of the cybersecurity framework allows for communication to occur from the server room to the boardroom and everywhere in between in such a way that everyone understands what the other one is saying, regardless of where they sit within the organization. All of this, all of this uh, lexicon ties together through this uh, cybersecurity framework core. So I, I, my experience here is that the cyber, that the deploying the cybersecurity framework actually has built uh, improved relationships, interdepartmental relationships because of the um, the ability to communicate in ways that everyone's comfortable with. Well, that's, a, that's a nice little benefit. Yeah. All right, so what tools are available to help with implementation? Uh, well, maybe depends on how you define tools, right? Uh, the, 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 the cybersecurity framework document itself, I, I, I would say that that's a tool because it defines the core. It defines uh, a, a re recommended process. It has all this really cool mapping from subcategories to different control sets, depending on which ones you choose to use. Um, there's an implementation guide that NIST has written that shows uh, that that's a tool for explaining how the cybersecurity framework can be used with the NIST risk management framework, which is something complete, completely different that's mandated for use in, in federal agencies. But now they have to use both. So there's this implementation guide that explains how the two can be used together. I would consider that that a tool. Um, but in terms of automation, right? Because at the end of the day, what I what I just des described to you are PDF documents. Uh, and what I've heard when I go to these workshops at NIST, I've heard many people ask people from NIST, you know, so what? Uh, how do I operationalize this? How do I automate this cybersecurity framework? I really want to do it, but is there software that I can use? And the truth is NIST isn't in that business. Um, they really leave it to industry to help operationalize their frameworks. And one of the many things that we do here at Telos is we have a security platform, cyber uh, 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 risk and compliance management uh, platform we call Exacta, that 
operationalizes various different frameworks, right? So it's the RMF for our federal government customers, FedRAMP for cloud uh, solution providers, uh, and, and here now uh, the cybersecurity framework. There could be others. I'm really focused on, on what we do. There are um, ITGRC companies that are less focused on NIST frameworks than we are. That's really our sweet spot. Uh, so from a tool standpoint, um, I'm, uh, there are things. The thing that I'm most focused on, obviously, is what we do. Um, and, and then again, depending on how you describe, how you define tools, you might you might say that the, the NIST documents themselves are tools because they explain how to implement, but you've got to do it manually. Right. No, absolutely. I agree with that. Are, are there any other resources available for learning more about implementing the CSF NIST from NIST? Yeah, there. Well, there's a resource page uh, on the NIST on the NIST website. Uh, if you go to, if you, if you just Google search NIST CSF resources, you'll go you, up 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 will come uh, a link to a, a resource page. It has lots of use cases and quick starts and advice from you know for for different industry sectors. And they've done a, I think a really good job of helping organizations jumpstart uh, an implementation process. Um, from a resource standpoint, um, it's one of the things that I, I'm most vocal about. I publish a lot on the subject of uh, the, the cybersecurity framework, uh, blog posts, uh, articles. Uh, we actually also did a, a NIST cybersecurity framework survey at a, at a product launch event this past June. We got about 300 uh, uh, respondents to talk about their their thoughts regarding the cybersecurity framework, and we took some of that and we created an ebook. And all of this, if you go to the Telos uh, website, all of it's accessible there. Um, my my Twitter handle, I push everything out either th over Twitter or or LinkedIn. Um, uh, yeah, so th those I think uh, I. I'm, I'm, as you can probably tell, I'm really focused on the cybersecurity mm -hmm. framework. I, I spend a lot of time talking about it, writing about it. I, uh, I have a, 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 a relationship with a guy who's the project manager for the cybersecurity framework at NIST. His name is um, Matt Barrett. And I just did uh, uh, an audio Q&A with him about the, 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 the NIST cybersecurity framework. And we're beginning to push out snippets of that Q&A uh, through various uh, uh, writings and and such. So um, it, the the nice thing is the 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 information about the framework in this particular case is coming directly from the source, the guy who actually is responsible for developing it, uh, Matt Barrett. Oh, that's good. Awesome. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to mention that we haven't already discussed? No, uh, not not anything new, other than just. Uh, just stressing the importance and the value of the framework. If for nothing else, uh, it's the it's the ability to communicate cyber risk and objectives across not just across your organization, from top to bottom of your organization, but to, to the extent that everyone is using a standard way of uh, managing their risk. In this case, we're talking about the cybersecurity framework. You have the ability to have a conversation with partners. You have the ability to have a, uh, a conversation about cyber risk across an industry to the extent everyone's using the same framework and the same sets of controls and such. What, what you say about your cyber risk posture becomes much more meaningful if you're talking about, if you're talking to someone who 
has a process that's based on the same frameworks and controls that you're that you're using. So consistency and standardization is really important within an organization, but it's also important in, into organization and and across uh, and across in industries. Okay, so you've kind of plugged a lot of different things uh, that you're doing, which is great. Is is there anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, that I'd like to plug. Uh, and if you don't have anything, that's fine. I can cut that question out. Oh well, I would I would like to plug the uh, Exacta 360 uh, is which is the the um, the software platform that I mentioned. Uh, it is purpose built to operationalize NIST frameworks and controls. We help federal government customers uh, operationalize the risk management framework. We help cloud service providers uh, manage their FedRAMP process, and we help government contractors deal with their NIST 800-171 cybersecurity requirements. And here now we're, you know, we're able to help organizations operationalize the NIST cybersecurity framework. So we are, we are a company that is laser focused on the NIST frameworks and standards because we think they're unparalleled. And um, increasingly, what we're seeing is more and more commercial adoption of things that at one time were focused more on the federal government. So um, th- many people are seeing the value of the NIST frameworks and controls, and that's where and that's where we're focused. Exacta 360 is um, our platform for helping organizations operationalize those frameworks. All right, excellent. Uh, and all that will be in our show in the show notes for this show, uh, Timothy dblock.com forward slash EIS. All right, Rick. Well, thank you for joining me to discuss how to implement CSF from NIST. Great. Thank you very much. That will do it. Hopefully you learned something. Feedback is welcome at timothy.dblock at gmail.com or on Twitter at timothydblock. Show notes can be found at timothydblock.com forward slash EIS. If you enjoyed the show, share it with others and rate it on iTunes. Have a good one.